On today's Locked On Jayhawks, we're going to preview the Kansas-Indiana game. Should be quite a doozy on Saturday between two top 15 opponents. You are Locked On Jayhawks, your daily podcast on the Kansas Jayhawks. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm Derek Johnson. Thanks for making Locked on Jayhawks your first listen every day. We are free and available wherever you end your podcasts. You can subscribe to us on YouTube as well. It was a five-star rating if you could, if you're uh, listening to the audio format. You can also hear me as well on Rock Chalk Sports Talk Monday through Friday from 3 to 6 on KLWN in Lawrence. And on today's edition of Locked on Jayhawks, we preview the big game coming at you on Saturday, which you can hear on KLWN, your flagship station in Lawrence for all your KU action. Uh, Top 15 showdown between Kansas and Indiana. Indiana ranked 14th. Kansas is, I don't even know, 8th or ninth. I I usually look at Ken Palm more than I look at the AP poll. Nonetheless, um, we're going to get into the matchup. What about Indiana matchups of the game? And then we'll finish off with our Bet Online segment of the week. This episode is brought to you by Bet Online. Bet Online has you covered this season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. Bet Online, where the game starts. Kansas taking Indiana. It's a team that pretty much a top 15 team. Like I said, they're 14th in the AP poll. I think at time of recording, they're 16th on Ken Palm right now. So, very good team. Obviously, a team who should be an NCAA tournament team is going to be a contender in the Big Ten. I mean, obviously, they have to deal with, like, Purdue at the top. Illinois is really good. Uh, but nonetheless, this is a team who is going to have the the ability to make a deep run once we get to the NCAA tournament. They're just kind of solid at both offense and defense. They're top 25 in both regards in Ken Palm's adjusted offense and defensive efficiency. So just a very balanced team. They kind of do everything well. Mike Woodson, their head coach, took over last year, did a good job. They had a team that made the NCAA tournament. They won their play-in game in the first four, and then they got crushed by St. Mary's in the first round, brought a lot of players back, most notably Trace Jackson Davis, and then they added Jackson Hood Shafino, who's been a really talented young guard for them, and they've had a lot of talent and kind of meshed well so far this season. They've lost two games in the early going, but I believe both games they were without Hood Shafino, that really outstanding guard. That's one key to the game on Saturday, his availability. I mean, he's very talented young sir. Bill Self said it as a media avail earlier this week that he's one of the most talented or has been one of the best freshmen so far of the season. He might play, he might not. If he does, that certainly impacts things for how well Indiana can play and how good they are. If he doesn't, that is obviously a huge boon to Kansas. They are a team that is kind of similar to what Kansas do. That was something that Bill Self kind of echoed this week at his weekly press conference that they do a lot of things schematically or in terms of what their goals are, what their identity tries to be with running or getting in transition defensively, different schematic things that the two teams are very similar. And I think we said this last week for the the Missouri game, that was different schematically in what they did, but Missouri wanted to run up and down. And if you're saying, hey, we're going to be fine running up and down with a team in Kansas that does well at running up and down, and Kansas has the better athletes and the better players, that probably isn't a great recipe for Missouri. So I guess on one hand, you could say, well, Kansas has really good players, and if you're going to play the same way as them, I probably like Kansas there. But this one is different than that. Because you can convince yourself that if you're going to play the same style, Indiana comes out on top. 
And the reason why is they have the stud big man down low with Trace Jackson Davis. Now we'll get into more of that with the matchups of the game, but that's certainly the key for Kansas, not letting Trace Jackson Davis have a knockout game where he just takes over completely. He's going to get his, he's going to score his points, he's going to get his rebounds, he's going to have an impact on both sides of the ball. Avoid the game where he goes for 28 points, 15 rebounds, and just absolutely takes over, right? They play fast offensively. They're top 50 in the country in pace offensively. But if you just look at their overall pace, they don't rank that high up. And the reason why could is, is because they have played at one of the slowest paces on the defensive side in the country. Now, you can't really control pace when you're on the defensive side. I mean, I guess you sort of can. Like, if you're Syracuse, for instance, you play a 2-3 zone. A lot of times your defensive pace is going to be a lot slower than other teams because teams have to be more methodical about working into the zone and trying to find those good shots. So there are certain ways that you can kind of slow things down with the defensive side of the ball. Um, that could just be, you know, the the happenstance of, of who they've played so far this season. Um, it could be because Indiana has played really good defense on the beginnings of actions and the beginning of shot clocks. And so it's taken teams longer to get off open shots, right? They're, they're working toward the end of the shot clock because they still haven't found a good look so far. Uh, as far as the happenstance of just playing a bunch of teams who play slow, they have played a bunch of teams who play slow, slow but they, they've also played some teams who play very fast, like in Arizona just last week. So I, I don't know if it would be kind of a combination of those two things, but another thing it could be is, and I don't know this for sure, but based on that tempo stuff defensively, is that, they try to run and get out and transition on offense, but then defensively, maybe they just say, because part of the numbers would back this up. They've not been a great offensive rebounding team. They're not a bad offensive rebounding team. They're just kind of like average at offensive rebounding. That might be by design. Something we talked about with the Wisconsin matchup, you know, Indiana's better offensive rebounding team than Wisconsin was, but the Wisconsin, and this is fact, that they purposely don't send guys at the offensive glass, right? I mean, it might be one guy, maybe two, who go for an offensive rebound, and then everybody else is just backing out to try to prevent a transition bucket so that you have to score on them in the half court because they feel like they're going to be a good half court defense and that maybe they don't have the athletes to line up as well if you're going to play an up-and-down transition game. So with Indiana, them not being a great offensive rebounding team and the, the tempo against them on the defense side of the ball being low – sort of tells me that they do a good job limiting transition. And maybe they put a design on that, getting guys back so that they have this transition. And keep in mind, Mike Woodson came from the NBA. That has kind of become what the NBA game is. Like, not a lot of teams crash the offensive glass or send numbers forward. So all that would add up to make me believe they put more emphasis on stopping transition. But meanwhile, they're going to try to get out and transition and score on their own. That could be a good or bad thing for Kansas, because if it is an up-and-down game and they are able to, to run out on their own, because Indiana's playing too fast or they're playing very quickly as well. That's a good thing for Kansas. But the flip side is, stylistically, Indiana might be doing a really good job so far this season in that transition defense. And that would be a bad thing for Kansas because I still don't really know how great this half-court offense is. They executed very well against Missouri, but that's kind of a different animal. And, you know, we, we know they can be a very good transition offense. The Tennessee game, I think, was a perfect example. Wisconsin, too. I mean, even NC State, you you didn't have, like, the best offensive game. And that was still kind of up and down where you're able to score some points. You haven't been the best half-court offense. It's also been a few weeks. I mean, you've had one game in, what, two weeks? A little over that, maybe even. 
So you've had time to some, uh, maybe work out some of those kinks, but uh, that certainly is a concern for me in this game. But overall, again, Indiana, just a very balanced team. They don't turn the ball over. They shoot it at an insanely high rate from two-point range, so they get easy shots and they make them. Part of that, Trace Jackson Davis down low. They don't take many threes in terms of the, the volume of it, but they hit them at a very high rate, so they're efficient there. They assist on a lot of their shots. They pass the ball well, and they have a top 15 effective field goal rate in and the NCAA. They also have been really good at limiting shooting efficiency to the other team in really both areas from two and three. They get a lot of blocks. They force a decent but not a huge amount of turnovers. They have been kind of meh, you know, as as a rebounding unit, not just the offense side. They've been kind of middle of the pack in the country at defense rebounds. So, so there is a way that the Kansas can kind of exploit that and maybe not have as much of a worry of giving up too many offensive rebounds to another good big, which we've seen in other games this season. That's a positive, but overall, this should be uh, quite the matchup between these two teams. All right, in just a second, we're going to get on to our matchups of the game. But first, this episode of Locked on Jayhawks is brought to you by Bet Online. BetOnline.net is your number one source for sports betting information, stats, news, and analysis. Get the latest odds and trends for every professional and amateur league out there, from pro, pro football to college bowl season to basketball and World Cup. They've got it all at BetOnline.net. If you love sports podcasts, you can find those at BetOnline as well. They're the fastest and easiest way to get your betting information. You can head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more. We're going to have our bet online segment coming up later in the show. We're going to be going over some uh, odds and lines for upcoming KU games and maybe some other interesting stuff around the country. So stick around for that. But uh, you can get it started yourself by just going to betonline.net right now. Bet online where the game starts. Maps of the game. First up. KJ Adams slash the KU bigs versus Trace Jackson Davis. Whoever the big is in for KU is going to have their hands full with Jackson Davis. He is a legit All-American, averaging over 16 points per game. He's a guy that can get a double-double each and every night. Um, he hasn't taken any threes this season, but he can stretch it a little bit, um, at least from the mid-range, even though we haven't seen him attempt any threes. And he's so quick. Bill Self said earlier this week his second jump reminds him a little bit of Andrew Wiggins, which that's very high praise for being a guy that, you know, he might miss his first layup and then he goes up and he just catches off the miss and dunks it in. It's a very athletic player, quick. He's a problem for the opposing offense because he's a really good shot blocker and because of his quickness in terms of being a help defender that he can quickly get over and also kind of recovering or just being a a good I mean he's six foot nine like 235 pounds so he's strong in addition to being quick he is just a stud down low that'll be difficult for KJ Adams the biggest part for him is just not letting him have a takeover game but then also how can you be a scoring threat on the offensive side of the ball and when it's one of those other centers for KU you just hope they don't get toasted in a matchup like this. But this also provides an opportunity, right? If you're Ernest Duday, Zuby Edgefer, Zach Clements, Cam Martin, and you want more playing time, you want to show yourself out, you might only come in for this game for a four or five minute stretch. I don't know. Maybe even less. You want to earn more playing time? You play well against Trace Jackson Davis, boom, you earn it. So an opportunity for motivation and extra opportunity for those players, but it's also a little scary that you have some centers who are maybe a little bit more green and experienced playing a, a true All-American here. But again, that's this is a great opportunity for, for KU to not just show what they can do, but learn from it for later on experiences down the season. So I really like this non-conference matchup that KU is getting to play. 
Um, it is a much different matchup, though, for K.J. Adams. He had the kind of small ball matchup to Missouri. They had a more traditional big, though, with Seton Hall, who, who actually stretched the floor a bit. But in terms of size, 6'10", 235, I believe, was the Seton Hall big man. And K.J. did did well in that matchup, too. So uh, this one is a whole nother animal. And if K.J. plays well in this game, I mean, we're going to be having a real talk on Monday about just how much he has solidified the center position and that, you know, he is the answer. And I don't think there'll be any more conversation about, well, who's the guy that's going to usurp him. But if he struggles, then that conversation is going to come back up, whether that's fair or not. And then there's the other big man too, like Malik Renault. I, I believe that's how you pronounce it. Is there a other big man off the bench? They've got a power forward, which we'll get to here uh, in a second. Matchup number two, guard play. Xavier Johnson, Tamar Bates, Jalen Hood, Shafino combined to average about 28 and a half points, 10 rebounds, 11 assists per game combined between those three players. Now, again, with Hood Shafino, we don't know if he's going to play or not at the time of recording, at least. I don't know. Maybe by the time this comes out, they'll have announced that he is or is not going to play. But you're looking at all those guys. Xavier Johnson is a great creator for the offense. He can create shots for himself. He creates shots for others. He's a athletic, strong point guard. Then with Hood Shafino, like, can again kind of a lot of the same thing he can set it up for others he can create his own shot athletic young freshman tamar bates is actually the uh, former kansas kid i think he went to piper and then uh transferred for a senior year of high school out to i don't know one of the img academies or, or one of those big high schools and uh, he ended up going to indiana and he has been like a knockdown shooter this year he hit a couple big threes in the arizona game and he's shooting um over 40 percent from three-point range to start this season he's been really good off the catch on three-point shots, and really all three of those guys with Johnson, Huchifino, and Bates can create shots, and then you have the gravity of Jackson Davis in the middle, and if you overhelp, all of a sudden, boom, Tamar Bates is hitting a three, and you think he's going to be revved up to, to come back home into his home state of Kansas and and try to put that. I mean, it's, it's not one of those stories of like, oh, Kansas didn't recruit Tamar Bates, and he's just going to be, you know, super angry and, and have a revenge game. No, like Kansas recruited Tamar Bates. They wanted Tamar Bates, but um, he just, I don't know, wanted to have something different. He wanted to get out of state, which, you know, some guys, that's the case. Um, but, you know, maybe nobody benefits more from having those guards that can create shots and attach defenders to them and having Jackson Davis down low than Miller Cop. I don't know if you'd consider him as a guard. He's kind of more small forward, six foot seven. But, you know, for KU, a lot of times they just call their wings guards. So from that standpoint, he kind of is. He's shooting 48% from three on high volume. That'll be tough to, to deal with all those guys. So don't get overly attentive to maybe if, if Jackson Davis has the ball down low and you fall asleep off the ball and then all of a sudden Tamar Bates is hitting a three or Xavier Johnson is catching it on a cut and finishing in traffic. You have to be good off the ball in this game from the KU guards. Now, on the flip side, you trust. Dewan Harris to put KU in the right spots. And if Dewan and Kevin McCuller can cause chaos, get some steals, Indiana hasn't turned it over much this season. That'd be a nice boon for you, but not one that I think you can totally rely on or expect coming in. Uh, but if you can, and you can make life hard on them from post entries to pressuring the ball to creating double teams, I think they should be okay. As much as I kind of build it as, well, how can KJ Adams do versus Trace Jackson Davis? I think it's mostly going to be Trace Jackson Davis gets at Kansas double teams. So how do you adjust off the double? Do you rotate strongly? Do you play good enough off-ball defense? Can you get a couple steals off it? Uh, that's the real answer to, to how you can try to make that work. Uh, and if they can do that all well, they should be okay. Now, on the flip side, Johnson has been a really good defender, too, 
Xavier Johnson. I think I said on the flip side twice. Doesn't matter. Uh, he has been one of the better defenders for Indiana so far this season by Evan Mia's website. He's been the best. And uh, that'll make things difficult for Dewan Harris. But that should be a really fun matchup between real two really good veteran guards among both sides of the ball. Matchup number three, the battle of the sharpshooters. I mentioned Miller Cop, the 6'7 small forward for Indiana, shooting 48% from three on high volume. You have him going one way. You have Grady Dick going the other way. I don't know if they'll match up on each other. Certainly would make sense that they do because they're both you know, spot-up shooters. Uh, Dick, I think, is a little more athletic and does a little bit more than just shoot than than Cop might do. But both guys do have good size that they can impact the game in, in other ways. Uh, but yeah, you look at both teams having a guy who shoots in the mid to high 40% on high volume, and those are guys that can swing any given game on just a run of uh, a stretch where, hey, they hit back-to-back threes in back-to-back possessions, and, and that can be a difference in, in what's expected to be a close game. Matchup number four, question mark? Yeah, I think number four. Uh, Jalen Wilson versus Race Thompson. So Jalen, obviously the, the starting four-man for KU. And honestly, we, we could have had Jalen Wilson versus Trace Jackson Davis in terms of the, the buildup of two All-Americans, two National Player of the Year candidates. Earlier this week, we talked about how Jalen was tied second in odds at 10-1. to 1. Uh, Trace Jackson Davis was fourth at 11-1 to 1 to win National Player of the Year. And that'll certainly be the storyline, I think, nationally and what they talk about like at the, the pregame of the broadcast, having these two stars. I don't know how much they'll be guarding each other because I think it'll mostly be the five on Trace, but you could have some switches where Jalen's on Trace or Trace is on Jalen. Um, and for the most part, though, I think Race Thompson will be with Jalen Wilson. So Thompson is an interesting matchup for Jalen because he has been a solid, not elite defender so far, according to, to Evan Miyakawa's website. He stands six foot eight, so has good height, 235 pounds. Jalen's not going to be able to play bully ball if he's guarding him. We've seen a lot of times Jalen's maybe match up on a 6'6", six, 6'7", six, six, wing, or maybe doesn't have, like, you know, more strength than Jalen. That's going to be tough to kind of play bully ball over Race Thompson at 235 pounds. But maybe, and, and this is me, I you know, I've, I've watched, I don't know, one half of Indiana basketball, one full game maybe, you know, just between maybe like two or three games that I've just caught different moments of time from Indiana. So I'm by far the, the furthest thing from an Indiana expert. but. Uh, at 6'8", 235, I kind of wonder if Jalen's going to have a speed advantage. And maybe he can outquick him. Maybe he can outspeed him because it's going to be tough to outstrength him in the game. And then on the other end, how can Jalen hold up defensively? Thompson's shooting about 55% on two looks this season. The last matchup is the bench battle. Indiana is top 40 in the country in bench minutes played. Kansas is outside the top 300. It makes sense. Kansas hasn't really trusted their bench so far, and guys haven't totally emerged. It doesn't really matter if your starters ball out. Like it, it doesn't matter how you get across the finish line. Just get across the finish line. For instance, the last game, your five starters were more than enough. They scored 86 points against Missouri. If that happens against Indiana, you're fine. But KU certainly has lacked even just one or two guys. You know what I mean? Like It's not that Kansas needs to have the deepest bench where they're playing four, five, six guys a night. But you at least need the one or two guys you can trust off the bench. Like last year, think about it. Mitch Lightfoot, you could trust to come in off the bench, hit you maybe a couple hook shots, play solid enough for you in the other areas. Remy Martin, you didn't always know what you were going to get from Remy, but you could trust the idea that he could be a star coming off the bench. And then if you had to, it was like, okay, well, you know, I, I know there's certain deficiencies in the game, but 
with Jalen Coleman lands. Like I know I can trust him to come off the bench and, and give us a good look at, at hitting a three, right? So you had certain things that you could trust off the bench. Right now, I think Bill Self trusts Bobby Pettiford at being able to to keep the offense in sync when Dewan Harris is on the bench. Uh, I think he's he's really grown in that trust with Joe Yesifu. Outside of that, there there hasn't been a ton of trust established off the bench so far or knowing that, hey, I'll put this guy in and we're going to do this well, or I can trust this guy to come in off the bench and give us good minutes here. It's just kind of a crapshoot each and every night. And so if you can just get a couple of those, you know, have an impact game from a bench player, they just need some sort of extra punch from one or two guys off the bench. Indiana is going to have it. Will Kansas? That remains to be seen. All right, in just a moment, we are going to get on to our bet online segment of the week. But first, this episode of Locked on Jayhawks is brought to you by the NHTSA. You're hanging out with some friends and putting back a few drinks. A few becomes a few too many. As the evening comes to an end and people start to head out, you think of calling for a ride. But nah, you live nearby. You can make it home okay. It's no big deal. What are the odds you'll get pulled over anyway? And even so, what's the worst that could happen? Well, your insurance could go up. You could lose your license. You could lose your job. You could total your car. You could even kill someone. Everyone knows about the risks of drunk driving. The results are tragic and often deadly. However, that still doesn't stop everyone from getting behind the wheel while under the influence. That's why police officers are out there right now looking for impaired drivers on our roads to save lives. So if you think you're okay to drive after a few drinks, think again. Play it safe and plan ahead to get a ride. It only takes one mistake to change your life or someone else's forever. Drive sober or get pulled over. I'm finishing off the show here with our bet online segment of the week. How about this uh, as we head into KU bowl season, which right now you can get Kansas at minus 119 odds at plus three on bet online. The over under 69 and a half. If you want the over, it's minus 108 odds. So a little bit better than the traditional minus 110. Um, you can, if you're in on the Big 12, you can, I like these bets. They have different like conference bets. They have different fun bets for bowl season on bet online. Like, what will be the most touchdown passes thrown in any of the bowl games? What will be the most total points scored over under this? There's a lot of fun ones that you can just blanket bet on, on the bowls and just be rooting for like one thing across all of bowl season, which is a phenomenal time of year. You can bet on the Big 12 over under four or five wins. So basically it's like four and a half because the under is under five. The over is over four. So you'd need five wins or I guess four wins, depending if you're taking the over under. If you take the over four wins, they would need five bull wins. It would be plus 110. If you're taking under five wins, it'd be minus 150. So you have TCU versus Michigan. They're favored to lose. I think it could be a close game. Why not? Kansas State, Alabama, favored to lose. But doesn't that feel like the classic, you know, SEC? Ah, we didn't really want to be there. And K State takes it very seriously. And they're a very good team. And they come out with a win. Um, trying to think of what else. You got like, Texas, Washington, that's kind of a toss-up. I don't know. There's a lot of tough matchups for uh, the Big 12 this year, but you can bet on it if you feel confident one way or another with the Big 12 having so many different teams in bowl games. The KU-Indiana line is not out at time of recording. I would imagine it'll come out Friday evening, Friday night, Saturday morning range. Right now, if you look on Ken Palm, it's expected to be 73 to 68. Ken Palm's usually around in line with what the odds end up being. I would imagine it'll be somewhere between like a three to six point line for the game over under in the low 140 range. If the spread is five or more, I think I would take Indiana. I'm expecting a very close game between two teams who are similar. And Indiana has the, uh, I guess, trump card of Trace Jackson Davis against some questions about the KU center position, but also 
KU still has Jalen Wilson and a lot of other really good players. So I just expect a close game. That's why I would take Indiana with the five or more. If it was less than that, probably wouldn't touch it. But, you know, if you can get three or less, probably lean Kansas. Um, for the over-under, I think I'd be leaning over. Two teams who like to run offensively, even if Indiana does try to cut you off in the transition game. So I'd probably be leaning over there as well. Uh, by the way, you can get Kansas plus 225 to win the Big 12 right now in basketball. They're slightly behind Texas, who's the favorite, and Baylor. So that seems like uh, kind of a good value bet right now because never bet against Bill Self to not win the Big 12. All right, that's going to do it for this edition of Locked on Jayhawks. Coming up on Monday's show, we'll recap whatever happens in the KU-Indiana game. If you have anything you'd like for the show to talk about or want to follow along on the action, you can reach out at Radio on Twitter. And don't forget to subscribe to the show so you're getting all the latest with Locked on Jayhawks. Have a good rest of your day. I'll see some of you on Rock Chalk Sports Talk later today. Bye.